Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. I am here with Jita Atwal, and Jita is from Vancouver, where she works as a teacher. We are so glad to have you here with us today. Thank you, Jen. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you are somebody that is just a shining light in our Facebook groups. And by popular demand, you are here with us today because everyone has wanted to hear your story because (laughs) everyone considers you such an important part of our community. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) No no pressure, right? No Uh pressure. (laughs) (laughs) So to get started, I like to always ask, what brought you to intermittent fasting? And when was that? Well, it was about a year ago, and I was randomly just uh, typing stuff on the computer, and something popped up about fasting. And I had no idea what the heck that was. And when I read it, it was saying something about how you eat in a window, and then you don't eat for about 16 hours. And I thought, what type of nonsense is that? Like, it was unheard of. So anyways, it was just something that I was never seen or I've never heard of. As a child, I used to buy my friends with food. Like I would hand out Twinkies and Ding Dongs and they'd be my friends for the day. And as an adult, I've continued to entertain with food. So this was something that I had never, ever heard of. Yeah, I I think that what you just said is an important statement. As a child, you, you know, quote, bought your friends with food because you saw that food was something that that people enjoyed. 
Exactly. And also, I didn't speak English. So food was communication for me. It's like, here, have a ding dong, be my friend, you know? Right. So anyways, I ended up Googling a little bit more and then your Facebook group showed up. And in order to enter your group, I had to answer the three questions. But I had no idea. So I kind of lied. I just pretended I was going to do a clean fast. I just pretended <laughs> I was into this. And really, I, I just didn't know what the heck it was. And it took you about two days to let me enter. So meanwhile, I was thinking of some sort of real deep, like religious group. They probably live on top of a mountain. You know, they meditate and they probably don't wear pants. So I was very <laughs> curious. But when you let me in and I entered, I read some of the posts and I thought, wow, they're just normal people. Like, these are just normal people. Well, I'm sure there are some people in the group that may not be wearing pants even right now. <laughs> So that is okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I thought, you know what? I will try this for one day. Like what could possibly happen not eating for one day, even though it was against all my values and all everything that I have ever lived for was food. So when you logged me in or you signed me up, it was about four o'clock and I had just finished eating. It was a Saturday. So I thought, you know what? This is it. I won't eat. And I read a post that somebody saying don't eat for like 20 hours. The next day was a Sunday. I had a workshop and something, you know, to do with children. And I didn't take any food. I thought, you know what? I'll be back home around two. I'll eat then. So no problem. Like it'll hit like the 20 hour mark or something or close to it. I went into the workshop and everybody there had their snacks and they ate their lunch. And the lady beside me, they put all her food between me and her, like on the table, which was fine. I made it through the whole workshop without being hungry. I thought, this is easy. Like, I can do this. It's not a problem. It was about the last 15 minutes of this workshop that all of a sudden my tongue dried up. I couldn't breathe. I started sweating and I thought, my God, this is not good. Like, this is not going to end well. I grabbed a lady's sandwich, which is right there. Like, I think it was even half eaten. And I started chewing on it because I thought, this is it. It's going to be a 911 thing. I started chewing on it and some of it fell out of my mouth. Some of it I chewed and then I swallowed it. And I felt so much better. I spent the next like 10 minutes apologizing to this lady. I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm a diabetic. I'll buy you a new sandwich. I'll buy you a new car. Just, just don't be mad, right? Right. But anyway, she was like, no, 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 no. I understand. It's okay. And I felt better. And then Jen, what happened was I drove home and I thought, you know what? This is not for me. Like, I cannot do this. So I went home and I ate, and it was probably about 3 o'clock, two, 2, 3 o'clock now, right? And the last time I ate was 4 the day before. I ate, and then later on I went to sleep. I woke up, and I can't even put it in words. I felt so skinny. I felt like I was 80 pounds lighter. I was so surprised that I slept through the whole night that I didn't gasp for air. I felt absolutely amazing. Like It was like I was 17. So Monday was the following morning when I felt great. And I thought, you know what? I'll do this one more time. Like, what will one more time do, right? You know, it's okay. So I decided to do it a little bit differently. I ate a big breakfast. I thought, you know what? I don't want to get sick in front of the children. I will eat in the morning and I will go to work and I'll take something for recess. And that's what I did. So I ate and then I had a snack at recess. I made it through the rest of the day, no problem. I came home, I wasn't hungry. I didn't have dinner because again, I wasn't hungry. I woke up the next morning I could not believe it. Like, I, I, I felt amazing. I, I, it was like I had never had a full night's sleep in years. And my feet didn't hurt at nighttime. I didn't gag for air. And that was 
when I decided that I can do this morning four to six hour window. And that was the start of my one year. I love that. Now, I think this is a very important lesson that people can get from this. You were like all in and you were going to do it from day one. Because one thing I know about you, when you make a choice, you're like, I'm all in, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So you were like, I'm going to do it and I'm going to wait till the afternoon. But your body had not adjusted to fasting. And that was just a really a lot to try to do on the first day. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really happy that you listened to that, that shaky feeling that, you know, when you just felt so bad and you felt sweaty and awful, fasting shouldn't feel like that. So you ate the ladies' sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then your, your body needed that. So everybody, important lesson. You do not have to do it on day one all the way to a 20-hour fast. So ease your way in. Do you still have a morning window? Is that what you do? Yeah. Well, my window now is quite different. It generally is morning. It's generally I'm done eating by lunchtime at work. But it's flexible. It's floatable. Like if you want to take me out tonight, I can adjust, you know? I'm open to that, but I try to eat like four or five hours a day, and I'm not too worried about the time anymore. After that, I'm done, and then the next day, I don't really watch the clock. I'm not too concerned if it's 18 hours or 25 hours. I open my window up, and I eat for four or five hours, but yeah, mornings generally. I love that. I love that approach to it. That's also the way that I tend to think about my eating window. A lot of people track the fast and they feel like they need to get 18 hours in or 19 hours in or 20 hours in and they won't eat until they've reached the certain level of of fasting time. But I was always like you. I was more comfortable measuring the length of my eating window. Mm -hmm. And then you can slide that around wherever it fits on the day. And, you know, if you ended up with a shorter fast one day because you slid it one direction, Mm -hmm. the next day you'll end up with a longer fast. Exactly. It all evens out. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that I knew for sure, you know, was that I had to keep this a secret. I knew that I can't tell my family because they would not understand. They would think this is terrible. Like, Jita, what the heck are you doing? And then I thought, you know what? My children are going to make fun of me. They're going to be like, yeah, now mom thinks she's grandi. Like, this is crazy. So I feared that, you know, they would think that this was terrible. But the funny thing is the complete opposite happened. Rather than me becoming sick because of fasting, I healed, I'm going to say, within 24 hours. And I know you keep saying it's not a quick fix. But for me, I'm honestly saying within 24 hours, I felt unbelievable. Just to backdate, one and a half years ago, I had gone to the doctor. And the doctor has said, you know, Jita, you're a diabetic. It's because of your weight. And at that time, I didn't know what he meant. I just thought, whatever. But within a six-month period, I started falling. I fell. I even was brushing my teeth one time, and I fell, and I knocked my head. My tooth fell out. $5,000 later, getting a new tooth. Oh, gosh. I thought, you know, I just slipped, no worries, I'm okay. I went to the park, I fell in a water fountain, and I broke my nail, and I thought, okay, I just slipped. I I fell so many places, and I fell down an accelerator. The mall people came running to pick me up. And even though I was falling, I didn't connect it to anything. I didn't connect it to food or my illness. I thought, you know what? I'm just silly. Like, you know, this is just nonsense. Were you dizzy? Did you like experience like vertigo kind of a feeling? No, it was just happened all of a sudden and I wouldn't feel anything. And all of a sudden, next thing I would know is I would be missing a poop. Like it was, it was very quick, unannounced. Right. But the thing that really concerned me was I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. I have to joke about anything. But all of a sudden, I would burst into tears. I would start crying like somebody has died. I'd be on the floor crying like there was no tomorrow. The people around me would come running saying, what's wrong, what's wrong, what can we do? But I couldn't verbalize it. All I could do was cry, and later on, I realized if I drank water, it would pass. But when I was on the floor crying, it would happen often. I couldn't even say, get me water. Like, I didn't have that ability. 
And funny enough, this has never, ever happened in the last year. Wow. Since I started fasting, I haven't fallen. I haven't bursted into tears unless I feel like it, you know, unless there's a reason. Right. And I haven't done this in public. Like, you know, like I don't cry in the middle of the street anymore. But uh, like, so for me, this whole thing has never been about weight loss. I'm better. Like I feel I'm healed, you know? That really is amazing because, you know, we, we like to say intermittent fasting is the health plan with the side effect of weight loss, but that really is how it has worked for you. Mm-hmm. Well, well, on top of that, I lost 40 pounds in this one year. And see, that's awesome. People love to hear that. You know, a lot of us do come for the weight loss and stick around for the health benefits, but to start it for the health benefits and then there's the weight loss. That's even, you know, the cherry on top, right? (laughs) (laughs) But the funny thing is for me, like it was like for me, weight has never been an issue. And if my body allowed me to weigh 500 pounds and wear a size X17, I would be okay with that. Like I've never really put any thought or value in what I looked like or what my weight was. So the fact that I lost weight was a bonus. The fact that my body gave out at about 200 pounds and made me sick was perhaps a bonus because if that didn't happen, there was no reason for me not to gain more weight. Like, as odd as that may sound, I actually went from a size 18 pounds to a size 14, from a size to X shirt to an extra large. And that was just a bonus of all of this. See, I think that is so interesting mm-hmm. because you never connected your self-worth to your size or your weight. No. And that is, that's so very interesting. Mm-hmm. No, never. I actually love it though. I love hearing that because so many of us have been trapped in this cycle of, you know, we're only as good as our size, right? You know, I've, I've felt like that. Mm-hmm. I think I've broken that now. But why do you think that is so? It just food has had such a big impact on my life. Like I said, starting from being a child, food is what bought me happiness. Food is what bought me friends when I didn't have the ability to communicate, when I didn't have any sort of talent to win over friendships in a country that spoke English. And I continued with that. A funny story for me is when I got married, I said to my husband, you have to take me out to eat. And every single day I said, we have to go eat. And every day we went to these restaurants and we would eat there. We would eat at home. And after a year, I gained about probably 40, 50 pounds in one year because we ate and we ate and we ate. And when he would say, no, Chita, you know, I don't want to go, I would get mad. I would be like, what the heck? It's not like I'm asking for a mansion. I just want to eat French fries, like, you know. But anyways, after a year, he says to me, you know, I can't do this anymore. I don't feel well. I gained so much weight. So I said, well, great. Then we must have children. He's like, huh? I'm like, yeah, we have to have (laughs) at least three because, you know, if you're not going to buy into my eating habits, Then we have to have three kids just in case two of them don't want to go out and eat with me. I'll have the third. So I even had children knowing that, you know, whenever I wanted to go eat or have coffee, I could just take one of them with me because my husband wasn't doing his job. So, Uh, You know what, though, you're laughing, but I I understand because uh you're like, well, you know, I've got these little mini-me's and they're going to go to eat with me and we don't even need you. You stay home. Exactly. So I never even had children. So I, you know, bring them to be doctors or lawyers or good people in society. No, I wanted them to take me to McDonald's. Like, this is how crazy my food love is. Like, it has been more powerful for me than health is have been more powerful for me than what I looked like, what I weigh. Like, it just didn't matter to me. You just wanted to have the food mm-hmm. and have the chance to eat the food and the opportunities for the food. And that was what your life kind of revolved around? Exactly. But, you know, the sad part in all of this is the food controlled me. The food 
had such a big control over me that at points and days and times, I would just be a mean person. Even when I was a teenager, around four o'clock, I would come home. And later on, when I started working, I'd come home to a different home, obviously, from my childhood home to this one. I would come home at four and I would be the meanest person on the planet. I'd yell and I'd scream. And for no reason, like I would say, you know, why is this house yellow? It was, it's, I don't like the color yellow. And I would work myself up and my heart would hurt. I mean, it came to a point where I would physically have to lie down to make my heart stop hurting because I would work myself up. And as soon as I ate around four o'clock, I would feel better. Like I would be fine. I'd be happy again. So you were soothing yourself emotionally with the food. Did did it kind of numb your emotions a little bit? Is that what it was? I thought, well, well now, yeah. But at the time, I thought it just made life better. You know, I didn't eat until from 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock. So I was hungry. And I thought, again, I'm eating food and now I feel great. You know, so again, food for the win, you know? Right. But sadly, I would spend the rest of the day apologizing to whoever was home. I mean, back then, it might have been my mother or my father, and then it became my husband or the neighbors. I mean, it didn't matter. And then the funny thing is, even on the weekends around 4 o'clock, no matter where I was, you did not want to be near me because I have the ability to make you feel the way I feel, maybe happy or sad. And food was what helped. And again, over the last year, I have never, ever done that. Like four o'clock comes and goes and I'm fine. It doesn't matter if I have any for 24 hours before I could then make four hours. That's really amazing. When did this like start in your life? Can you go back? Is there a time in childhood that that you can think about that maybe was when the switch got flipped? Was it, you know, you talked about how you didn't speak the language and food became how you would communicate with your friends or your classmates. Mm -hmm. Is that what you think was the root of it? Well, no, I think the root of it is because I'm so entertaining, people allow me to be what I want to be, regardless of the meanness I might have, and they can laugh it off. I think if at an early age, say at the age of 16 or 17, my dad would have said, you know, that's it, you know, get out, you know, I would have stopped, but nobody really sort of buys into my my meanness. They just think, you know, it's just jita, ha ha ha, look at her, you know. Right. And because a few minutes later, I can make people laugh as just as much as I can make them cry because people react over my energy. So because I was allowed this behavior from early age, I've continued like nobody ever put an end to it. And by the time I became an adult, like who's going to tell me how to behave? You know what I mean? Right. So. My, I think just my humor, people just downgraded what my real emotions were. But at one point, it got so bad for me personally, not anybody else, because I didn't really target anybody. I mean, I could have just looked at a tree and started like having heart problems because the tree was too green. I went to anger management. I said, you know, this is a problem. I should, you know, solve my anger. So I got a certificate in anger management, but yet it didn't fix the problem because really I'm not an angry person. Again, it came down to food, you know? Right. So this is what's incredible. So when you started fasting after the first day and then you felt mm-hmm. so great, mm-hmm. this this emotional feeling at four o'clock is just absolutely gone? It's gone. I could not tell you it's four o'clock unless I have a time or a clock. So what does your family think? What does your husband think? What do your kids think? What what do they say about this transformation that you've gone through? Well, again, people don't really like, you know, take me for the stuff, you know, my emotions because, you know, they think, oh yeah, ha ha ha, you know what I mean? So they obviously, they didn't feel it as deeply as I felt that like my heart would hurt and it's not like, you know, I targeted one person. So really, 
I don't think they see the connection too much. It's me who sees it. Like, it was my own anger, my own, like, built up of frustration of not eating for four hours. So because, like I said, I could be at the mall and I could target the person who was at the elevator. You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know if it really has affected, like, a person, but it did certainly affect me. And Well, I bet it has. They may not have said anything mm-hmm, to you, but mm-hmm. but I bet I bet it has changed for them as well because they had to to know that it was hard for you, mm-hmm. and it had to be hard for them as well. Maybe they didn't show it. Mm-hmm. But I, I bet that it's a big change for them, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. But I know one of the other things that really has changed for me is I used to think like a fat person. I don't know. Are we allowed to say that here? But that's what I thought. Well, you know, that word is, is you know, emotionally charged, the word fat. And, you know, we say other words like, oh, I was obese. I say that. I was obese. But okay. you know what? I was fat. So it's just a word. You know, we have excess fat. So you know what? You can say it because we've been there. We've felt it. Well, yeah, no, I I felt like for me to wake up, eat one meal, go have another meal at recess, have another meal at lunch, have another meal at school, after school, come home and be very angry because, you know, I was so hungry. I mean, I've only eaten six meals already, but I'm so starving and why are the lights off? And then, of course, people would feed me more and then I would demand we go out to eat. At the end of the day, I was eating about seven, eight meals per day. And then I thought food, people just, I just thought, I get more fanfare when I'm walking in the mall with a sandwich or I'm walking in the mall with a Coke because, you know, I'm so cool like that. I have this, you know, name brand, I don't know, McDonald's bag in my hand. But little did I know that people really saw this very unhealthy person walking around a mall eating. Like, who does that? Like, you know, but it was me. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So it sounds like you really think, like, when you go back to when you were a child and you were giving them, you know, the snack foods, food was kind of a, a status symbol mm-hmm. in a way. Oh, not in a way. Absolutely. And being able to go out to eat was like a mm-hmm. status thing. Like, we're going to a restaurant. I'm going to eat. That's kind of how it was. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing is, my parents, they came from India. They were farmers. They didn't even make the connection that, you know, Western food can be bad. And because here they spent like 16 hours just working, 
They would fill our house with junk food like chips and cookies just to keep us happy because it's not like they took us camping or took us ice skating. Really, they just thought, you know, our children have whatever they want to eat from the supermarket. It's great. You know, they're happy. You know, they have the TV set. So really, food was my entertainment. Like, that's just what I did because we didn't know any better. Like, we had never really left our house. I mean, honestly, I didn't even know you can put vegetables in a sandwich until Subway came around and like maybe 25 years ago. So you know what I mean? Like we were so sheltered. Well, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think back, it makes me think back to my own childhood and the food culture of, of my house. And my mom was a dance teacher. And so, well, she was probably more into like the calorie counting at the time, but she never made me eat vegetables. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she just decided that was a battle she wasn't going to fight. So I ate a lot of SpaghettiOs. <laughs> Did you eat SpaghettiOs? Did you have those? Did they have those in Canada? Yeah, they had that. We had that Chef Boyardee, you know, oh, ravioli. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved those. Yeah, and then the thing is, my parents just made East Indian food at home, like lentils and stews. And so we had the healthy meals. But like I said, for them to compromise, just sort of, you know, paying the bills and feeding us, they had to work. And for them, just letting us eat whatever we felt like from the grocery store was their way of showing that they loved us. Like, they, I mean, obviously, they didn't mean to harm us. Right. So it was so funny because, again, I go back to going grocery shopping, filling it up with ice cream and stuff. And then on Saturday, I would have so many people over at my house because Jitan's house had the four buckets of ice cream. And by Monday, it would finish. And then I would bring out the Twinkies to hand out, you know? I do, yeah. So it was just just a cycle that I've had with food. And it was more powerful than anything else until I started fasting. So how have your habits changed at home as far as like what you're buying for your own kids? Have there been any changes that, that fasting has brought around since you're doing intermittent fasting now? Are you stocking the house differently? It's a little bit different for me because, you know, I grew up here and I know about nutrition. I mean, I know about high nutrient foods and stuff. And and generally, I do make them meals at home. Like, we do eat pretty healthy at home. But only I used to subsidize my healthy eating at home with my seven meals outside. So my kids do eat East Indian food. They do eat, like, Western salads and everything. Am I really picky about what they eat for snacks? No, not really. They can eat what they want, and they're adults now. Well, one's 15, and the others are in their 20s, so, yeah. Okay, so they're only the, it's only the 15-year-old still at home? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Okay. Yeah, so, no, they, they, I think they make good choices, because it's not like my husband had to work 16 hours and give them food right. to make up for it. You know what I mean? So we, we do, do other stuff, so. So you always had the healthy foods around for your kids to eat mm-hmm. and the snacks, but it was just not quite the same for them yeah, exactly. as it was for you. Exactly. And, you know, they they have other talents and they have other sort of goals in life. It was just not for them. Food is not their only focus, you know. Well, I think that says a lot mm-hmm. for you as a mother, because even though you have been struggling all your life and all your adult life, you did not pass that struggle on to your kids. And that is huge. No. And I think part of that is because at the end of the day, even when I was growing up, like mom always made like Indian food. So we did have those nutritious meals, you know? But right. my weight did not start until, I mean, I probably didn't have a weight problem living at home. It didn't happen until I got married and I demanded my husband take me out every day. <laughs> and <laughs> after that, I never lost the weight and I didn't care. Like, who, do, who am I going to impress? Like, I'm married, I have kids, so I have a job. So it just didn't matter. Oh, well, that, that, that made me smile because <laughs> I would love to meet your husband. Did he mind at all? He was like, you know, I just, you're, you're my wife, right? I don't, well, he, if he minded, he never voiced it. And the, 
I love that. But the thing is, I'm so confident in myself. If somebody was to make a remark about my weight or my look or this or that, I know when I walk into the room, I get more fanfare than anybody. And that alone has almost been a disability for me because in my own head, I could do no wrong because people just say, oh, you know, it's just chitang. You know, it comes back to right. that. So he might have tried to say, you know, this is unhealthy. Maybe you shouldn't go out either, you know, when it was the one year mark. But I didn't listen to him. Like, who was he to tell me, you know? Right. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably tried. But then you only hear what you want to listen, right? Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So let's go back to your your health for a minute. Mm -hmm. You talked about how you had the diagnosis as a diabetic. Mm -hmm. And and you felt better immediately as soon as you started implementing intermittent fasting after you got through that one day hump. So what positive health changes have you seen? You know, does your doctor know you're doing intermittent fasting? What's happened there? Well, I actually, like I said, I kept it a secret for about a good six months because I thought I'd be judged. And I thought, you know what, people are just trying to laugh, like, you know, what the heck is this crazy lady doing now, right? Like, she weighs 200 pounds and she says she doesn't eat for 16 hours, ha, 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 like that. Like, I just thought it was unbelievable, even though I was doing it. I just didn't think, you know, other people would buy into it. So I went to the doctor about six months in and I said, you know, what do you think about those people that do that intermittent fasting? And my doctor, he's very old school. He never gets excited. Like, he just talks like, you know, medical kind of stuff. All of a sudden, he stood up and he said, oh, my gosh, any doctor who's a real doctor who's updated would believe in fasting. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you know, I believe in any form of fasting is a good type of fasting. And anybody who keeps updated would believe the same thing. Oh, that is phenomenal. Yeah, so I was like, wow, the man has the emotions. Like he, you know, he, he got happy. I've never seen, I've never seen him, like, you know, show any sort of emotion. And uh, so, anyways, yeah, I, I, like, he was all aboard. Like he absolutely had no problems with it. So I told him about my window, and he wasn't too interested in, like, what my window is or what I'm doing. His whole take on it was, you know, as long as you have some sort of window of time where you're not eating, it's a great thing. And he was even saying, if you can do this five days a week or seven days a week or three days a week, whatever you can do, no matter who you are, is a plus. So, of course, I left the office and I wrote about it on Facebook, you know. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that is, that's really exciting because your doctor was old school. You mm-hmm. were afraid of what he would have to say about it. And so he responded in a way that you didn't expect and gave you his blessing. And I think people need to take away that we should stop being afraid of what our doctors might think because doctors like yours who are up on the science, up on the latest medical thoughts, see that intermittent fasting is a healthy practice for us to implement. Absolutely. And, you know, I... I like, you know, I'm on that group a lot. Like, I take <laughs> up a lot of acreage on your group. And I see people, you know, they're saying you got to read a 100 books and you got to YouTube it. And you really need to know, you know, this doctor and read this book. But that's really not the case for me. Like, I read your books. I'm on your group and I use your book as my Bible. And that's enough for me. Like, just to know the basics is enough. Right. I don't need to know anything more. I don't need to know the science behind it. And it just works. uh, The magic is truly in the clean fast that you say. Like, it truly is because I don't even eat clean in my window of my food window. Like, I eat anything I want. I eat chips and cookies and cake and sandwiches, and I'm not getting sick anymore. Whereas before, I would eat a piece of bread, and the next day my feet would hurt, and it would be just crazy. So even though I'm eating junk in my food window, I'm not paying the consequences the next day. Well, I really do think that's an important point because Mm -hmm. the magic 
is really in the clean fast for so many of us. That's where our bodies have the time to rest and repair and do that important work. And, you know, I know that you're eating, you you talked about, you use the word junk, but you're also eating some nutritious food in there as well. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. So it's like you're you're getting the good stuff. You're getting Uh the good stuff in there and having food that you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Like there is a balance now. Right. I mean, there's always been, I mean, I always had food. I mean, I've never been a picky person of what I ate. I just ate a lot and I ate for 16 hours as opposed to four hours. And I usually mention that I never had a connection between my brain and stomach. So the fact that now I eat four hours or five hours, I'm done. I, I eat by the clock. You know, that's just the way it is. And this just has really saved my life. I'm able to go out. I'm able to ride my bike again. I'm able to go in the mall, walk down the stairs, you know? Yeah, that's powerful. And it's given you a freedom of your life where you're now no longer chained to thinking about what is my next food experience. Yeah, exactly. 100%. That's awesome. Now, how, how about your diabetes? Has that gotten better at all? I don't think I have diabetes anymore. I have not felt anything. I actually went for a blood test four months ago, and he never called me back. He usually always calls me back. He loves to call me back. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's good. Um, I wow. don't feel any symptoms. I'm so, like, uh, yeah, like, I'm telling you, within 24 hours, I all my illnesses were gone. That really is amazing. You were just mm-hmm. trapped on that blood sugar roller coaster then, I guess. Were you not taking any medicine for, for the diabetes? I was, I was, and also Crestor. So okay. Crestorol, so it's all good now. So, yeah. Did you ever monitor your blood glucose during the day as a part no. of that? Okay. No. no. Okay. But obviously my sugars used to drop, and that was the reason why I burst out crying. You know, right. I mean, that's the reason why I was falling all over the place. Okay. But other than that, it was great. Yeah, I know. I know your doctors got to be pleased and he didn't call you back with some bad news. Mm -hmm. But I would have liked for him to call you back with some good news, right? (laughs) (laughs) That would have been nice. I guess. I guess. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Jen, your Facebook group is such a big issue for me. It's causing me so much trouble. <laughs> because you can't stay away? Is that what it is? Yeah, like, oh my gosh, I joined a year ago and I was on it constantly. Like, there's always something going on, right? So, of course, I was on this Facebook and I just, you know, made some really solid friendships with random people. And this was great. So then I started going on it at work. And I couldn't even stop there. Like, you know, I'd pretend to go to the bathroom, but I'd be on my phone and I got in trouble. So then I thought, oh, man, I better stop. So I left your group. I thought, you know what? I better give somebody else an opportunity to post and, you know, share their views without me, like without my craziness. So I left. I thought, okay, I'm done. But it was amazing because I was probably gone for about eight weeks. And every single week, without a lie, I probably had at least 40 personal messages from random people that I've never met 
asking Jita, are you okay? Jita, where did you go? Jita, how can we help you? What can we do for you? And some people even wrote me poems. This is true. And the listeners who are not in our Facebook groups may be like, what is this craziness? It's true. At least once a week, someone would make a post and say, has anyone heard from Jita? Where is Jita? <laughs> it's true. So anyway, this one lady wrote me a song. Okay, She wrote me a song and she sent me like piano music notes to it. I'm like, what the heck? And so I kind of ignored all that because I thought, you know, I still need to be employed. I can't just, you know, right. go to this Facebook group and not have a job, right? So, but then this one lady texted me, like, again, on Messenger, and she said, you know, I'm having a really hard time in life, and she listed some sort of things that were going on, and she said, I read your old posts, and they make me smile, and they let me continue through the day. And when I read that, I was like, what the heck? Like, she was so sincere. Like, it wasn't just fanfare. It was like, she was like pouring out to me. And then I thought, you know what? I have to go back. And everyone is so glad that you did. But I have to say something, you know, in a serious note. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I was in an adult Sunday school class and we did a study on, you know, exploring your spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And one of my spiritual gifts is humor. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's true for you. Mm-hmm. It is truly one of your spiritual gifts, the ability to connect with people and make them laugh, make them smile. And I think that the humor that we're able to bring people, you know, it shows you were missed. They reached out to you because you were making them feel better with your humor. Yeah, no, I, it became clear, especially that one lady, like I never texted her back, you know, like how many texts am I supposed to answer from this group? Because I get many per day. But the thing is, it really sort of brought light to my situation. And then I think just sort of, it's a very serious topic. Like your your Facebook group is helping so many sick people, unhealthy people, people with weight problems, people with personal problems. And, and it's a very serious situation and I get it. And I remember when I first joined your group, when you allowed me in, I used to put my ha 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 in, and then people used to be like, what the heck? You know, they used to even send me hate mail. Like, I remember I received four hate mail letters, you know, saying it's a serious topic, and who the heck are you to laugh, right? But I think over time, people have just adjusted to sort of my, my style of writing. Well, it's true, because humor is funny because Mm -hmm. of the way that it pushes our buttons to a Mm -hmm. degree. You know, everything that's really, really funny also has a a sense of edginess to it Mm -hmm. here and there, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And our ability to laugh at ourselves and our struggles is important, but there is still that underlying struggle under there. And so, you know, someone might say, wait, you're laughing at, at your struggle? Well, yeah, because that's the way that I'm emotionally dealing with it. Exactly. And, you know, I don't know, like, I, like, looking back in my life, I mean, obviously, as a human, you have so many struggles and so many downfalls and so many hardships. But the thing is, looking back, if I didn't have laughter, if I couldn't laugh at these situations, I don't know where I would be today. Like, I, I probably would be in a lot worse situation. So. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. There was a book, Laughter is the Best Medicine. I remember Mm -hmm. that title. Mm -hmm. It's a saying that speaks well to me. So I want to ask you a question. You said that at first you didn't tell anybody, and it took you six months to tell your doctor. I want to know, when did you tell your family? And also, when did you tell your coworkers? Because I know you've shared before that some of your coworkers may be experimenting with intermittent fasting too. So when did you start feeling comfortable enough to share? Well, I'm, I'm a very open person. Like I'm an open book. I don't have many secrets. And generally speaking, even when I do speak, I speak the truth. And sometimes it's just, you know, people sort of sweep it under the rug saying, you just ha ha ha, you know? But it was about six months in when I started like telling my family at home, I would say, you know, I'm not going to eat dinner because I'm fasting. They'd be like, huh? 
I'd be like, yeah, no, I had lunch. I'm, I, you know, I have this window and, and I don't eat after my window. And, and they just sort of dismissed it. They're like, oh yeah, you know, you know, it's just mom. You know, she's just being silly. But then I guess they started witnessing me going to family functions where they'd be serving cake. And I say, oh, can I take that home? And I'll take my peeps home with me and I'll eat it tomorrow. So my children sort of, you know, started catching on that mom is really doing this. Like, this is unbelievable. And even with my husband, like about six months in, I started telling him, I said, you know what? You're not going to eat in the morning anymore. Eat at work at 10 o'clock. He's like, what? I'm like, well, that's what I do because they're so busy with their own lives. They never really paid attention to, you know, my eating habits because they just thought I ate all the time. And so he even picked up on this. So he started doing an eight-hour window where he would start around 10.30 and he would finish eating around 5 or 6. So he's like, this is great. Like, why didn't you tell us earlier? I love that. I love that your husband is doing it. Yeah, and then I went to work, and at work I told several people, and you know, again, like some believe me, some don't, and it's not even important to me. I put it out there, and you know, You could take what I say for what it is, right? And some people in my work have started, and it may not be because of me, but I definitely have totally switched this around where I enter a room. I want them to throw flowers at me because I'm fasting. Like, I want people (laughs) to know now. So instead of being, look at my McDonald's bag, you're like, look at me, I'm fasting. I'm fasting, yeah. And then when people don't, throw flowers. I mean, like, what's going on, Jen? They didn't, they didn't notice. <laughs> so, and then I'm back to the group. Oh my God, I entered a room and people didn't notice. I'm so offended now. What to do? So it, it all grows in a circle. You well, know? just twirl for them. Give them a twirl. Yeah. <laughs> and I do. Trust me, I do. You know? I can imagine that, that when you enter a room, twirl or no twirl, I'm pretty sure people see you coming in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But the funny thing is, I I did this like really, like it was really, really secretive, you know. And the, but people would uh, say, "Oh, Jita, you lost weight. Like Jita, you're skinnier." And I didn't really know how to deal with that because in my head, what does it matter? Like, who cares? Like, I don't tell you you have a big nose. Yet. <laughs> discussion together in my plane, right? Right. So I was so backed off. I used to like, like, huh? Like I started to just ignore them. And then I remember in the summertime, I was at a dollar store and I was, I don't know, buying chocolate bars or something to eat in my five-hour window. And I remember this child and this mother walked behind me and the child's like, there's Mrs. Apple. And the mom's like, no, that's not her. She, Mrs. Atwell doesn't look like that. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> so I anyway, turned around and I smiled at the kid. The kid smiled at me and I thought, wow, this is really changing me. Like, this is changing me, like, physically what I look like. And it, it changed me mentally. It, like, I'm just not a mean person at four o'clock, you know? I love that. That's when it clicked for me. But even to this day, people say, oh, Jita, you know, you look great. And and in my head, like, what do you mean? Like, I didn't tell you to talk to me when I didn't look great. So right. what is your point? So I'm still trying to get accustomed to saying, as somebody pointed out in the group, I say LOL to everything. I should say thank you. Right. You know? Yeah, because, you know, the comp- you hear the compliment. And the interesting fact that I just, you know, it blows my mind is that you never had the body image problems because so many of us have just been plagued with that, the body image problems. And we, you know, we thought if we could just lose the weight, then we would feel good about our body. And that was never your driving force. Oh, no. I had such other interests. One was to out-eat everybody. One was to show off with food. One was to make sure that I'm entertaining. And the other thing is, in school, like I mentioned a hundred million times, I used to struggle when I was a child. Like I actually failed the very first grade I entered. 
So learning how to read and write and all of that kind of stuff was always a top priority. My parents never said, oh, you know, you don't look good. They would say, you know, go do your homework, you know, like it was just never, it was never a focus. Like they didn't care like what I wore or what I looked like. And it just was never, it was just a non-issue. So how can it be an issue for me when it was a non-issue for every other human being in my whole life? Right. Until I started fasting, people started saying, you're skinny. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Is there anything that you struggle with with fasting at this point? Or is it just pretty much just what you do? You wake up and you... You'd live your life. You know what? From that very first day when I thought I needed to call an ambulance sitting in the workshop, that was probably my most ill that I've ever felt in my whole life. From that day forward, I've had zero issues with this. Like I said, if somebody wants to go out to eat, I just float it to that time. It's not a big deal. If nothing's going on, it's a work day, I generally eat in the morning. So it really is a non-issue. And I'm not too worried about what I eat and appetite correction. You know, if I feel like it, I'll eat through that. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I've, I have eaten through appetite correction too. And for yeah. people who don't know, appetite correction is Dr. Burt Herring's terminology. And it's when your body says, all right, you've had enough to eat. But Mm-hmm. Food is good. So there have been times mm-hmm. where I'm like, you know, shut up, body. I would like to have some more. And then you just, you eat past it. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, because for me, I just think, well, I used to eat like this for 16 hours. Right. So really, how much can I eat in five? You know, right. or four. Right. So it's all good. But my body usually really is mad at me if I eat past it these days. So mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like that later. So I've gotten better at listening to that signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was quite nervous to do this with you because I thought, you know, there's you have people in your group who are masters of this stuff. One lady in particular studies this topic for the past 25 years, and I thought, gee, I'm not knowledge based. I'm not. I don't care to know any more than you have told us in this book and in this group. And but I'm so glad that we were able to talk. I have enjoyed it. We are really almost out of time. So in just the last minute, would you tell people your best advice for someone just starting out? You know what? Be you. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if if you can fast for 12 hours and then eat for 12 hours, do it. You know, if later on you can fast 14 and then 16 and then 18, do it. Do the clean fast. But there's really no pressure. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It it depends on how you feel doing this. And if you feel great doing a 16-hour fast every day, being, you know, very conscious of what you eat or what lifestyle you lead or what plan you follow, do it. And if you're like me, don't really have a plan and really don't care to, you know, lose weight or, you know, impress anybody and it just makes you feel good, then do it. It's just not written in stone. Like, it just isn't. I love that advice. I remember I posted in the beginning in your group and I said, you know, I ate this, I ate this, and I ate this, and look, I'm so extra skinny, yay, you know, because that's sort of my line. And somebody said, well, you can't lose weight doing that. Like, what are you doing? Why are you posting this? But that's my reality. My reality is I'm eating what I want, despite the fact that it's healthy or not. I'm not sick anymore. That's so important. You're Mm. not sick anymore. That, that's, exactly. that's the best of all right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have enjoyed this interview so much, and I know that people are going to be really glad to hear it. And so thank you for talking to me today. Thank you. I, yeah, no, I, I was, yeah, I'm glad that we were able to do this, even though I have been hesitant for several months. Well, the fans spoke. They said, when will you have her on? And here we are. So... <laughs> Fans, you can stop asking. She is here. (laughs) And we will see you around the group. And I'll talk to you later. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. 
That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.